welcome back to the Barks Out of the Moon podcast. So we've got to get to the end of this list. I know these are your favorite lists of uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> questions. How can you tell? Um, but we do have some um, more in-depth and some new subjects that we want to discuss mm-hmm. um, for sure. But we said as it's getting towards the end of the year, as we're now recording this, that we might yes. do lighter ones and uh, start uh, 2024 with a bang. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With the deep dives. With the deep dives into heavier um, mm. subject matter. Let's let's um, let's do this. OK, so. Next on the list. OK, go. <laughs> which there are still about 11. Oh, God. Counting. Um, OK, does feeding your dog human food cause more scavenging or begging behavior um ultimately no i mean food is food and dogs don't go oh that's human food and this is dog food dogs are pretty indiscriminate eaters i know (laughs) the human food thing it's just food food is food Yeah. yeah so but does it cause more scavenging behavior does it cause more uh, begging behavior they're probably two different things so scavenging then you're suggesting kind of what we might call stealing which yeah. to dogs is just normal behavior as in there's no like so when we say stealing there's kind of a moral imperative there isn't there there's some <laughs> sort of moral connotation as in you know that's the wrong thing to do. you're taking something that doesn't belong to you but to mm. dogs the kind of the rule of the world is see food eat it basically yeah. or yeah, well basically. i smell food smell food and eat it um, and if they can see it all the better um yeah. so you know so stealing isn't really a thing to them mm. um although i have seen dogs carry out pretty extensive <laughs> yeah. behavior to try and get you know food off others and even to the point that they may be using you know kind of redirections and things like that to try and, and, and get another individual to you know another dog to move away from some prized possession so that they can take it themselves but I that's gone off the, the topic altogether but no. and so in, in relation to scavenging then are you talking about um uh you know them taking food so I don't I don't know I mean it could for some individuals I'm not going to say it doesn't for every individual cause the dog to become more interested so it's more about that it's not about them learn you know being given human food it's more about them learning that certain food is available under certain conditions and I would say that that's probably you know maybe more likely to encourage what we call begging behavior but the thing about begging behavior and again begging has a kind of a moral connotation to it as in it's some sort of unwanted um behavior as if there's some sort of you know when we say oh that you know i I don't want to encourage begging as if it's some terrible thing but it's no different to any other behavior that we teach our dogs so we have Mm -hmm. this weird thing that you know hang up about teaching dogs is that it's only if we're there in training mode with our leash and our clicker and our treat pouch or whatever you mm-hmm. know the tools are and uh, whatever the picture looks like and then we're teaching them and then they're learning but actually animals are learning behaviors all the time so yeah. we call it operant conditioning where, mm-hmm. because the animal learns including humans learns to operate their environment mm-hmm. so the animal is learning that all the time and you don't have to be actively teaching them no. so if a particular behavior results in a particular outcome 
And there's some sort of setup that tells the dog that that behavior is going to result in that outcome. They are going to learn those connections really fast. So, for example, you sitting at the table or you starting to prepare food or maybe laying the table. So maybe no food has you know, emerged at all and maybe you're just laying the table or maybe you're just washing dishes or whatever it is. Mm. That dog is going, that setup tells me that if I do particular behaviours, so maybe if I lie under the table or sit beside the person or paw the person or stare at the person or bark at the person indeed and mm. um, that makes a certain outcome available, then I'm in and that's what I'm going to do. Now, we call that begging and we think that there's some terrible thing about this and this is an awful thing. But I mean, if you've taught your dog to sit or to walk nicely on a lead or to lie down or recall or whatever, it's yeah. all of the same, you know, the same sort of technology is behind it. We're doing yeah. it's the same sort of thing um, regardless, you know. Um, and the thing is, is that one of the things that tends to happen with these sorts of behaviours is, is if there's inconsistent teaching, and particularly if there is an inconsistent um, schedule of reinforcement. So what we would say a variable schedule of reinforcement. And what that mm. means is, is that sometimes the behaviours, these behaviours result in the food and sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. Instead of that being something that will cause a reduction in behaviour, and particularly mm. these types of behaviours, these kind of persistent behaviours, um, it tends to cause an increase in, in the likelihood that these behaviours will be uh, repeated. So if you mm -hmm. can imagine, there might be a couple of things at play here. There might be variable reinforcement at play. Mm -hmm. And there may also be kind of, you know, what's sometimes referred to as random reinforcement. So mm -hmm. where the animal is lying under the table or they're sitting around near the table when the people are eating and somebody drops food accidentally. So yeah. there's no intention behind it. And somebody drops food accidentally and the dog is going, whoa, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. What behavior do I have to do to make that happen again? Yeah. And that might not be very clear to them because they might not have been engaged in any specific behavior. They could have just been walking by. Probably not, yeah. Yeah, but because of that, they are going to hang around just in case that, you know, amazing of bit course. of food <laughs> falls from the sky again. And sometimes people will say to me, you know, oh, one time four years ago, my dog Bobby saw a cat under that car at number 29. And mm. ever since then, every <laughs> single day, Bobby has checked under the car at night at number 29, even though they got a new Could car be since then. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like your dog. And I will say, yes, these really persistent behaviours can be maintained by these random schedules where the dog doesn't know what they had to do to get this amazing thing to happen. All they know is that it happened here under these yeah. conditions. So every yeah. time I'm exposed to these conditions, I am going to be doing that behaviour um, and seeing if that outcome is available, the cat or the morsel that's fallen off the table or whatever it is. Yeah. So what we tend to find is and what I give out about all the time I don't give out but I lament I lament all the time is is that usually by the time I'm called in to help with the behaviour is that the person unbeknownst to themselves will have already put that behaviour onto a variable schedule mm. and what I mean by that is is that they will say now today I'm not going to feed the dog anything at all from the table mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it even if he barks at me, even if he paws me, even if he jumps, even if he does whatever, I'm not going to, I'm just going to absolutely ignore him. It's going to stop today. And of course, the dog will do all his things and there's whirly gigs and all things start to happen yeah. and the dog will run through his entire repertoire and the person is going to hold steadfast and not, it's not going to happen. And then the yeah. next day, dad is at the table or the son is at the table or somebody oh, else is dad. in those Bloody conditions. Bloody dad. Bloody dad. God's sake. And uh, yeah. dad says, oh, here, here you are 
you know, dog, here, have a little bit of that. And uh, the dog goes, oh, okay. So what happens is in these situations, and there are, it's often referred to as the slot machine effect. So what keeps people yeah. at a slot machine, even though they're not winning? Mm. So what keeps them there? Well, just little trickles of reinforcement that appears to be unpredictable, as yep. in you're not quite sure what quality of that behaviour or what behaviour got you the thing. So mm. you're pulling the slot machine, all I know about slot machines, you're pulling the thing on the slot machine and a trick, a couple of, you know, cents come out and you go, okay, well, you know, it's not enough money for me to go away and get anything with it. So I'm going to feed it back into the machine. That's of course mm. what the pattern is. And you'll do, you'll do more and you'll keep pulling the thing. You'll keep pulling, you'll keep pulling, you'll keep pulling, you'll keep pulling. And then eventually there might be some more money. Yep. But you're going to keep going. You're going to keep work, working harder to, you know, because the chances, because we start to weigh up the chances and what are the chances of this? And yeah. our dogs are good gamblers as well. So the dog yeah. will go, well, OK, I didn't get anything for just lying around. But when mm-hmm. I was active or when I was jumping or when I was pawing or when I was barking or when I was, you know, doing these begging behaviors, what we call begging behaviors and to dogs, mm-hmm. it's just existing. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so doing these begging behaviors occasionally something happens so yeah. you know i'm not going to give up because there's still a chance right yeah, they're, yeah, the, exactly. they're the gambler at the slot machine there's still yeah. a chance yeah. of the you know that great morsel becoming available to me so yeah. i'm going to keep doing those behaviors and indeed what can happen as well with this is is that we can reinforce the behavior when it gets really big and persistent so they're barking really loudly or they're pawing really hard um or you know or any of these sorts of things and when we do they're like oh well that's what i have to do i'm not going to bother with all the other more subtle stuff that was getting me you know much you know far less i'm going to go for the big stuff now and that gets me the big result and in that way that's you know generally what will happen is is the the behavior will get got to that point when they call me in when a pet owner calls me in Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh we could have dealt with this so much earlier yeah yeah yeah. and it's Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's just a teaching thing so you know, before these behaviours are that well established and when you're just starting to kind of observe them, mm. that's when we can get in, 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 you know, we can get help in place. Uh, far more straightforward. And uh, it's it's just a question of adjusting how we teach. It's not, um, you know, it's not anything else. And y- you kind of need a programme and a bit of structure there because it'll keep you kind of honest on it. You know, it yeah. keeps you kind of accountable. And uh, it means that we're, we're less likely to slip into this variable kind of schedule of reinforcement that mm. makes behaviours incredibly resistant to extinguish, extinction. Yeah. So they're mm-hmm. very likely, you know, they're very difficult to get rid of. They're very difficult to reduce at that point. Yeah. Uh, which is why um, these sorts of, you know, what are often referred to as kind of nuisance behaviours persist quite yeah. strongly. Um, so the uh, we're gone so far away from the original question. No, you're not. Uh, the yeah, human food not. thing. So yeah. uh, yes and no really is the really the bottom line. But no, food is just food. Give your dog food. You <laughs> so, know. yeah. So I say I'll give you an example. OK, mm-hmm. so this is a common thing out and about, particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to working dogs, for example. Mm. Okay. Okay. So the worry is apparently that if yes. you use <laughs> small pieces of meat, cheese, whatever your treat of choice is, okay. that that dog is then going to scavenge more for those specific foods, not um, specific to like the the home setup or anything like that, that they will be like more likely to be obsessively searching for them on the ground, out and about as well when they're out training, when they're supposed to be um, kind of 
more neutral to the yeah. environment and paying more attention to where they're going and their handler. I don't like I've heard. I'll give, <laughs> I'll give you another funny story that I was told mm-hmm. a long time ago now that apparently a puppy had been given sausage <gasps> by somebody. Oh, my I God. I know. Like, I mean, shame or what, right? Yes, yes. But then that dog went on to become a working dog later in life. And, and loves sausages. <laughs> yeah, right. This is, this is where I come in. <laughs> it awakened because, his love yeah, of sausages. Yeah, well, no, the dog was working or about to go working, apparently. And um, somebody came out of a shop across the road eating <laughs> a sausage sandwich. <laughs> You see where this is going? And the dog pulled oh. the person out into the road because apparently it knew, God mm. damn it, that that was a sausage sandwich. And that was created in um, puppyhood yes. by him getting some sausage occasionally. Um, well, you know, and again, I'm not going to say that these things can't happen, right? Yeah, unlikely but, though, right? <laughs> right. And really, this is more about this is more about how we teach behaviours. Yeah. So it, it would be normal, natural and necessary for dogs to have a leaning towards scavenging. So that would mm. be a normal dog response, right? A yeah. normal part of what makes a dog a dog. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you have to add anything no. like sausages or whatever exactly. to yeah. that to awaken that mm-hmm. kind of response. Yeah. So if there are sausages in the grass or there's you know and the common one that we'll hear people talk about is you know discarded takeaways yeah. would be thrown kind of into hedges yeah, and yeah. ditches and mm-hmm. all sorts of things yeah. and um, you know suddenly their dog is making a beeline for the hedge and mm-hmm. um, head stuck in there and should they've swallowed whatever it is that was discarded there I mean often we don't even see it going in yeah. before the person is even <laughs> aware that it's happened right and, yeah. and that dog has not necessarily ever had exposure to this particular takeaway before or no. hasn't had you know chicken, oh, chicken. yeah 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 <laughs> Very exotic takeaways um, that would be discarded in the hedges. It's usually kind of chicken bones we tend to find and people yes. get very worried about the cooked chicken bones yeah. because they're worried about the, the dogs kind of getting, you know, kind of impacted inside and yeah. stuff. Um, but um, so I would say that this is a teaching situation, right? Yeah. That we can, that's a natural tendency for dogs and that can absolutely you know that the and in different individuals there'll be varying degrees of you know intensity of to that behavior right oh, yeah, yeah um and it ties back in with our first one in that you know it's this kind of random reinforcement thing isn't it right mm. so that you know there was once a discarded takeaway chow mein in that yeah. in that hedge and now we're going to check the yeah. hedge you know every time um because that was an amazing gift from the yeah. gods you know we would never forget it we would never Absolutely. forget it Absolutely. Yeah. well oh, yeah it's not, not much, Chinese, how, but if how you, much if you, do you like chow mein <laughs> <laughs> not anymore i used to eat a okay. lot of it years ago right, not okay, anymore okay. but um i mean um to if a dog you, to a chow mein to me if i found 200 uh, euro yes yeah there you go i would constantly be going back to that spot just in case there was just two in case just in case the gods had left you another 200 euro there yeah of course um so i would say that it is a teaching situation and mm-hmm. um for dogs that you know it's it's quite a difficult thing to teach actually it, it's not not that difficult it requires a bit of time and devotion and often when we're working with pet owners there's 200 other things that we have to kind of prioritize and we'll yeah. say well you just manage it you know have mm-hmm. them on lead in these situations and move them on or whatever yeah. but we can certainly you know 
Uh, I have worked with lots of dogs where we have taught them that the presence of random food is a cue for them to engage, go move back to their person. Yeah. And that would be where we've had dogs that are after going after things that might be harmful to them or have a history of kind of ingesting items like that. Um, you know, we were talking about Pika earlier on and that, yes. you know, a history of kind of items, um, you know, that might be dangerous to them or, yeah, or yeah. those sort of things. And we've definitely, we've definitely done that as part of a, a larger program and that's absolutely doable. So that's a teaching situation. And if we wanted dogs to be able to do certain behaviours in the presence of certain distractions, which is mm. what you, I think you're referring, and mm. whether that be people carrying sausages <laughs> or whatever it is, um, well, then that's a question then of having to proof that as a distraction. And wouldn't it be a better way of viewing this to teach the dog that to access the sausages that I, their handler, has mm-hmm. is is for them to do whatever it is you're, you're, you're saying the dog should be neutral. So what are those behaviours? So do those behaviours and that's the way you get sausages, but you'll get them from me rather from the man, you yeah. know, across the road in the spa or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that it's a, it's a teaching situation. You know, we don't we don't turn dogs into scavengers. We don't make them scavengers. No, um, they are. They come equipped with those skills yeah. <laughs> that is that is dogs that is dogs yeah yes 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 they are good scavengers they are excellent mm. mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yeah. talk to me yeah, yeah don't talk to me i i, I have the panic experience yeah the panic yeah. of what what did you get what, what have you what got did what you did you eat? get yeah yeah and you're like oh flip nothing um, we can do now yeah. it's in there now <laughs> we're gonna see how this is gonna come out yeah that is <laughs> that has been go. my life yeah, for yeah. With Decker certainly for sure. We've had we've had some, you know, endoscopies. We've had oh, a man. weird uh, toxicosis that resolved, oh, thankfully, God. but was very odd and was certainly the more we look we look back at it, certainly seems to have been that he got into somebody's stash or found somebody's oh, yeah. stash of illicit substances. Yes, um, mm. and had a kind of an eighteen hours of being pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. and he was certainly having a good time none of the rest of us were but uh, no. yes yeah, so, he came yeah, out like, a bit more enlightened of course he did yes Decker but yeah so I've definitely had you know those things and and uh, I, I definitely understand the concerns and I would I would you know like the lots of skills I, I but I will confess I don't practice them enough clearly I don't yeah. yeah. So and so I accept that it's I fully accept that it is a dog slash decker thing and normal behaviour and I do a lot I do my best to manage it and I should practice those skills more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would I would have said that pre COVID I think mm. I, we would have been far more fluent with them. I would I think I would have been uh, okay. far more diligent practicing that. So there's a slap on the wrist for me there anyway, for sure. There you go. Yeah, well, but <laughs> see, none of us are perfect. None. Yeah. Oh God! Listen, don't you know? Um, those in glass houses definitely applies <laughs> to me when it comes to dog training. <laughs> well, oh, I always God. say, oh, it's like a builder's house. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the dog trainer's dog. <laughs> the interesting dogs as well. That you learn the most from as well. That oh, that's it exactly. Yes, yeah. that's that's the reason. Really, is it? yeah. Right. yeah <laughs> you can't have right. a boring, easy dog for God's <laughs> yeah, sake. Yeah, who wants boring? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, maybe sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'd love boring. Yeah. Boring would be great. And he's twelve now, so I mean, amazing. We should boring should be a thing now, shouldn't it? Yeah, this stage? it should and be. It's, not. it's yeah. bound to come. 
at any stage. I'm sure yeah. it will. <laughs> this is 12 is when they chill out and it all right. comes down. There you it? go. Yeah, Merry Christmas. There you go. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, you were yeah. speaking about gambling earlier on yes. and the pulling down of the arm. And I, oh, I meant yeah, to okay. say, but you're in a nice flow. So I said, I'll save oh, this yeah. for later. But I'm sure most people know this. But, you know, that's why they designed, you know, on most apps yeah. when you have to refresh the screen. Yes. And you pull it down from the top ah, to the bottom. Ah, it's relating to, to that it. movement. Yep. Interesting. Isn't it? Because there's a lot of that kind of um, reinforcement uh, mm-hmm. technology used within apps yeah. and smartphones and things like that. Like, and, I mean, we talk about being addicted to them as if addiction is solely a physiological response or a yeah. neurological response. And actually, <laughs> it's a behavioral response yeah. um, um, facilitated, you know, or maintained by reinforcement schedules. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah. We've had a lot of a lot of studies, uh, you know, studying of these phenomena within kind of behavior, the behavior world, um, because it is so behavioral. I mean, that is literally what they have done, isn't it? They've studied uh, behavior and uh, gone. How's the best way to exploit uh, human behavior? And here we go. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Social media or whatever. Yeah, our phones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's scary. But um, Mm -hmm. maybe another episode. Yeah. Yes. AI dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good God. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, Actually, that's probably something that you might be seeing online now, I suppose, as well with the the whole introduction, more and more of AI being used. Um, That's kind of a scary thought I've had as well, is that you can put anything into these engines and they'll spout back stuff. Mm. So I'm presuming that'll come into the dog world as well or it's already happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do see um, various companies advertising, you know, what how can AI help you in your dog training business to produce, you know, client materials and stuff like that. And that mm. scares me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely another episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how, gonna... it, how it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to absolutely hate this next one, but I have oh, to ask great. it because this is something that people say to me. No, you don't uh, have to ask it if I'm going to hate it. I want it. to. I want to okay. because it's oh, just going to be so right funny. <laughs> yet, yeah. can dogs oh. sense spirits or ghosts better than humans, Anne? This is a complete red herring. Yeah. Because can humans <laughs> sense ghosts or spirits? Exactly. Can so they? I have no idea. I, that is not a question I can answer. And the reason I can't answer that is because if I want to stay within the realms of being evidence based or science based is and it's it's it 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 has to be, you know, said that science can't ask answer well, all of the questions. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Be, you know, so yeah, like, no, I get that you're trying to wind me up, but we could actually talk about this. And, and it's not hard to do, you know, when you start going into those sorts of places. And if people believe in believe in spirits or ghosts or whatever iteration mm-hmm. of that, that's absolutely up to them. None of yep. my business whatsoever. Ever, yep. um, but um, if I am being called upon to respond with evidence-based information, then mm. this is—I'm probably not the one that's going to be able to um, answer that question. And I'm—I have no doubt that there are people out there that will believe that dogs have. Um, I think people do talk about dogs having kind of you know kind of, or, or or non-human animals indeed have a kind of a sixth sense or have you know yeah. extra sensory. Oh, um, yeah. you know, kind of powers and things like that. And I would, I would argue, what we do have evidence for is that they have, in many, you know, ticking many boxes, they have kind of extraordinary 
sensory capabilities, certainly relative to humans, because we're kind of crappy. And, you know, what we did, we've sacrificed a whole lot of physiological stuff because Mm. we've evolved this big brain that allows us to enhance those senses via technological means, right? So dogs do a lot of that stuff biologically like it's built in part of them they have better hearing than us they see visually slightly different to us Mm -hmm. they obviously have extra um you know they've extra sensitivity in terms of touch and uh, balance Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things all over the body and then obviously we talk about olfaction a whole lot Mm -hmm. um you know when compared to dogs and one of the things you know one of the ideas behind us our ancestors domesticating dogs was domesticating them for those tools so it was just a, a kind of an expansion of our developing tool development you know Mm. as a species you know so we think of tools at those times being like spearheads or whatever you know and made out of slate or whatever they were made out of here you know all i know about anthropology Um, but uh, um, you know domestication was a way of of us expanding tool use by you know um, kind of essentially exploiting these animals that had extraordinary sensory capabilities when compared to us and so so, you know so if these things exist and they present in ways that dogs are going to you know, be more likely to be sensitive to them. Well, sure. Yeah. Then, yeah. And this could be very easily quoted out of context, of course, um, but, but just with that last bit. But, um, but yeah, no, yeah. Look, I, I love all the the paranormal mm. stuff and I, yes, I, I don't know, know whether it's, if, if it's happening and I would, I would love it to be because mm-hmm. it's just something kind of exciting about it. But, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, the most recent um, time somebody said it to me was they were walking their dog past the funeral home. Oh. And they'd walk past this funeral home many times. And then this one day the dog just would not go past the driveway of the of the funeral home. And this is what they put it down to was mm-hmm. that there was obviously some spirit or some sort of sensation um, around the, the property that mm-hmm. maybe there were spirits or a spirit or something there mm-hmm. and the dog had picked up on it. That's that's all. So I said, <laughs> I would throw it on the list because I said, Anne is going to bloody love this uh-huh. one. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I am in absolutely no position to say that's not the case either. No, exactly. Yeah. No, it was a fun one. <laughs> it was a fun one. You know. I, 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 I figured it would be a pretty short um similar response to that so yeah, yeah that's fine yeah. yeah and i mean like there is that th- you know that, that that saying you know absence of evidence is not evidence of absence so you mm. know there is this thing of you know just because it, like we don't have evidence for it doesn't no. mean that it doesn't happen or it doesn't exist or anything no. like that and, and like i say you know science is not going to be able to answer all of the questions we can't answer questions that you know no. about phenomena that, can't, that we can't currently measure yeah. um and because that's you know that's what science does um mm. so i'm not in a position to answer it, but that, that that the absence of that doesn't mean that this isn't something that you know happens or doesn't happen um no. And you've heard I, stories of people passing away and the dog yeah. finding the grave oh, and lying on the grave and, and all and of that. Pe- you yeah. know, people will say that they, they, there's all sorts of stories about dogs finding tumours and dogs, yeah. you know, predicting heart attacks or strokes mm-hmm. or all of these sorts of things. And I mean, and dogs... Um, alerting owners to like you know problems with wiring and then there's a fire and you know all of this sort of stuff happens and and the thing about it is is that and again i can't say whether these things are are true or not but the other side of it what i do know is is that dogs do have extraordinary sensory capabilities relative to us um absolutely um whether those dogs communicate that 
or know that, that they have the knowledge or the capability of understanding that they need to say, you know, they need to communicate that. Mm. I don't know. Are they capable of that? Possibly yeah. if it was maybe they're just doing something, maybe it just freaks them out and they're not necessarily meaningfully communicating it to us, but it's just freaking them out and a change in behavior is enough for these pet owners to to pick up on something, for example. Um, mm. you know, so that that's probably more likely. I mean, we we try and stick with the simplest, most straightforwardest, you know, kind of explanation for things. Um, you know, but uh but I, I can't say one way or the other that these things don't do or don't happen, is what no. I would say. But I would certainly be looking for other explanations first. Yeah, probably Lassie and other similar dog yes. TV shows to blame for a lot of this kind of stuff. As yeah, well, maybe. yeah. yeah. So there is, and, and there is a bit of a cultural kind of um, leaning towards dogs being heroic so i always talk yeah. about the examples of you know the the hero dog that woke their family up barking because the house was on fire mm-hmm. and you know obviously people the, the, the news reports and the meat social media reports and people will be talking about you know how heroic this dog is and all mm-hmm. i'm thinking in my head is the dog is going i need the humans with the opposable thumbs to get up and open the door so i can run away from the fire yeah, 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 and exactly, it's yeah. and very often the dogs do yeah. flee when they get out and they're either reported missing and that's part of the story or they've been yeah. found sometimes later and uh, i'm going yeah, yeah because they wanted to get away from the fire they yeah. didn't really you know they didn't seem to be too bothered that they were leaving you know their family yeah. or whatever but they, you know and and i use it because i talk about this from a it's quite a damaging approach that we you know that, know that we have bed dogs because we talk about you know these expectations of them and mm. and this pedestal that we put them on. i mean yeah. they're literal lifesavers um and mm. uh, and you know as soon as they act like dogs like if they're scavenging or begging you know all that language that we use is quite yeah. telling mm. um um or if they're you know vicious or aggressive you know the language we use mm. the words that we're using um and uh, as soon as they act like normal dogs they're vilified and mm. and things like that so i actually find those sorts of stories and that sort of cultural attitude we have to dogs, certainly here anyway, is actually mm. quite damaging for dogs. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. So that took a that. turn you weren't expecting, didn't That's it? That's great. Started off <laughs> as a red herring, but there, look at that. <laughs> oh, I see. Here's your headline for the morning. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, right. So, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to like this one. Oh, <laughs> okay, God. No, I, don't. I don't like any of them. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if. I'm just giving an example of two dogs, mm-hmm. right? So if two okay. dogs aren't really getting along, mm-hmm. should you just leave them to work it out themselves? <gasps> no, I, I, I think not. Um, now, <laughs> there are lots of caveats to all these. You see, this is what makes these things tricky is because like everything, th- th- it wouldn't be lovely if it was just yes, no, black, white, you know, polarised kind of responses. Wouldn't it be lovely? Yeah. But these things aren't. And no. so, no, I think by the t- for the most part, by the time most... Uh, pet owners spot that their dogs are not getting along they're usually looking for things like growling yeah. snapping snarking mm-hmm. and maybe all out fighting you know is what the, is the first thing that they oh notice God, yeah. and yeah and invariably in all of the cases i work on anyway or certainly have worked on to this point there have been so many signs going on often for years that there was tensions in certain contexts between the two dogs or the group of dogs mm. that when we talk about it the people go oh yeah they may have been doing that or we might watch videos for example and we'll see mm. it and then they go oh, i would never have spotted that or i would never have thought it relevant mm. um so by the time most people are talking about this it's mm. got it's so far gone that just leaving them to work it out is is not a good idea no. because the thing is is that dogs are not going to make good choices in the moment no right and when dogs who live together don't get on it's usually 
relating to them not being able to get away from one another. Yeah. So because they live with one another, but just by the function of, you know, where they are and they don't want to move away from their resources and they don't want to move away from their human mm-hmm. and they've no other places to be there. It's happening in their home which is often why this what we call IDA this uh, inter-household dog aggression is so tricky to live to deal with is because of that that the function of that behavior which is get away from me uh, is uh, mm. it, it just is difficult to realize that um, and the, therefore it escalates and, and the intensity of those interactions can can really increase you know and dogs very seriously injured and the other thing that we find with these cases is that people are more likely to be seriously injured because if you yeah. come across two dogs dogs fighting randomly somewhere oh, in the God. park or something you're probably not going to put your hands in but if it's mm. happening in your living room between dogs that you know and love mm. and and have a relationship with you'll put your hands in and of course the dogs aren't even looking at hands no. and they catch you and mm. you know and we, we get people missing bits of them yourselves and all mm. sorts of things as a result so we get a lot of you know there's there tends to be a lot of misery surrounding these cases as a result they tend to be very difficult to grapple with so but in general mm. i would say no don't leave dogs to work it out because what are dogs going to work out they're you know they're they're possibly at at generally at that point they're not going to be in in a place where they're making good sensible choices for anybody and it's more i think that's in the house and then this is something that's said a lot in parks dog parks um you know what i mean you hear it a lot it's like oh you know no leave them leave them you know they'll work it out now leave them work Mm -hmm. it out that's good for the puppy to, to learn oh, from not the other for dog. puppies oh, yeah. oh my goodness uh you know so like there are times when i will be with a group of dogs and i'll be like okay no just stand back let them just yeah. see this through mm-hmm. i'm going to say that to be able to do that and be right be confident in being right you probably need more experience than hanging out in a park or having uh, one yeah. dog or two dogs three dogs i would say yeah. and i would i would err i would tend to err on the caution the side of caution more if I was advising others hmm. um, whereas being there in my in the in the flesh myself I might be more likely to go no no wait a mm-hmm. second and then we'll intervene at this point yeah. um, but if I'm if I'm just offering advice um, I would tend to say no <laughs> don't do that yeah yeah absolutely I think so and that's that that was more yeah definitely God, I've come across um, a lot of cases over the years of of um, dogs being rehomed and one dog being absolutely fine until the second one was added. And mm-hmm. then it's like chaos, um, sometimes immediately. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was more kind of it, it was it's more said and I hear it more out and about from mm-hmm. people in parks and stuff like that. Okay. So they say, you know, yeah. leave them, you yeah. know, if they've met for the first time, there's there's a bit of whatever growling or whatever's going on and they say oh no leave them leave them sorted out he'll sort them out or she'll sort them out don't worry about that kind of thing no no I think I think that the the difficulty there is in how they've been introduced Mm. and I would say that if we get to a point of growling the signs that people will use to think that that's okay or that it's going to be okay the next thing that they do is making it okay that's Mm. probably there's you know that's a bit misleading i would say because what people will tend to think is okay with unfamiliar dogs interacting with one another Mm. is usually stuff that i would say is inappropriate social behavior and is seen because the dogs have kind of been thrust together without a lot of options and possibly not with great you know with the history of rehearsing this sort of thing as well with new dogs um and um i would say that's probably not a good idea the majority of dog dog interactions that i see in public and i 
possibly unsurprisingly spent quite a lot of time watching dogs um yeah. you know <laughs> kind of stalking them essentially um and i would spend a lot of time watching dogs in dog parks because we often use dog parks from the outside as um you know ways of kind of working practicing using dogs that are not interacting or you know that are confined and safe and not mm. bothered by us um and we'll often use that so i spent a lot of time watching um dogs in dog parks and on videos of dogs mm. having interactions and in the real world having interactions with one another and I would say that it's very rare that I turn around and go wow that's like that's really nicely conducted there yeah. um that like that invariably very rarely happens yeah unfortunately yeah so I would say no to that probably. well yeah yeah like we don't uh, like our puppy raisers always ask you know about dog parks and we tell them like don't don't use them and tell them why um and another interesting thing is that they become really aware of how weird it is that that in general people kind of, like you said earlier, aren't thrust their dogs into yeah. each other's faces like yeah. about because we're not encouraging them to interact on lead um, long term um, no. while we're trying to kind of get them ready for for working later on um so we're actively keeping people and the pups away and people find that really difficult um when they're being asked politely oh no you know we're we're doing a little training walk here and they say well you're supposed to they're supposed to socialize or they're supposed to you know let people pet them aren't they isn't that mm-hmm. how they get used to it and and you're just like no but it's mm. it is it's kind of a weird in oh, a it's weird ingrained. way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it is such a weird thing it's like oh there, there's your dog your dog's gorgeous and there <laughs> this person's coming towards you mm. with their dog and their dog is like i don't want to go over no. there and they're being dragged over yeah oh it happens with maggie all the time because she's such i suppose a, um a different looking dog to mm-hmm. to you know um, and uh, they get it all the time and I just I've just resorted to saying to people oh and she's a bit older now she doesn't really she's not interested in saying hello really anymore and, and in a nice way do you know what I mean mm. and you're very you're, polite I'm not so polite <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I don't want to create a well yeah no I think you, you would be I can't yeah you know but maybe say it in a different way but yeah mm. I just think for Maggie's sake now she's 10 she doesn't want to be making no, new friends absolutely um, and your she's dog just is not public property stuff. that's what I say yeah but people are desperate to rub her mm. because of the way she looks yeah um, and she's just not arsed, you know, so I just mm-hmm. try and keep them away in that way. But I, I think that takes um, a while uh, of practicing as well and being comfortable enough. A lot yeah, of people yeah. are like newer dog owners or oh, yeah. I don't know. So. And genuinely, people love to see their dogs engaged in what they believe is joyous, you know, yeah. a, a joyous interaction. Mm. Um, like people like to see their dogs what they think playing with other dogs i mean you Mm. know and it's just that what we have to do now is we have to change their understanding of what that actually is or what it should look like and we don't have you know it's it's difficult to find resources that show you know what that should look like and also there's so much variation and dogs are so variable as a species it's it's quite difficult to do that Um, but definitely there is room for pet owners 
you know, learning about kind of etiquette when they're out with yeah. their dog and what does appropriate dog behavior look like, and, you know, in response to people, in response to traffic, in response to wildlife, in response to other dogs, in response mm-hmm. to bikes or, you know, whatever the things are, uh, all the things that dogs are likely to encounter. Um, you know, what is the, the appropriate way of, you know, what should your dog look like in those in those situations? And then how do we teach those behaviors or how do we put that management in place? I think that's that's probably something that we, we need to emphasize a little bit more yeah absolutely and it's sure. not it's yeah. not as exciting um to put that stuff on on the internet it's, and video yeah yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. that's no, quite boring. no that's that's <laughs> so, that's definitely true <laughs> yeah. yeah okay right so yeah so so basically no don't let them work it out yeah together. they need some help I okay to say no. yeah you get some help yeah <laughs> okay Next. If you're in a situation oh, where you're <laughs> saying where you're making that comment or something yeah. alluding to that, get mm. pref- get some guidance, get in touch. That's what I would say there first. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. OK, cool. I'll say that to everybody when I'm walking. Please past. do. I walk yes. past two well-known <laughs> Dublin dog parks regularly oh, on the weekends. And it's it always scares oh, carnage. the living carnage. shit because oh, God. there's dogs in there there's ball throwers there's people oh, shouting like it's 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 mad and then yeah. the poor new dog that's about to go in um and then they're all faced with all these dogs watching yeah. them coming in and just getting ready to to fail and then you can just yeah. see them go in and they're like Ooh. they're either going in like oh you know oh, and they're uh, um, or else they're going in like a bulldozer like get the hell away yeah. from me and it's just yeah. running yeah anyway yeah. Talk not, about dog good, parks not, not good things no um okay um is there such a thing as a hyperallergenic dog uh no <laughs> thank <laughs> you do that one really quickly no not really i think um oh there's probably some you know stuff on this like you know mm-hmm. what does that mean you know because like most I think I think that most people that are allergic to uh, animals they're allergic to like dander and stuff yeah. like that aren't they yeah, and it's exactly. not it's not necessarily the hair and I'm sure the hair doesn't help it's probably irritating yeah um and I mean no dog doesn't ever molt right no. so certainly there are dogs that you know and I mean that that the hair sheds out of the skin falls out of the skin and mm-hmm. and goes to the floor like um like there are some hairs that are going to come out but uh dogs that you know that we selected for this weird growth cycle this really long growth cycle where it just continues to grow so like kind of poodle type coats and where Mm -hmm. it just keeps growing and growing and growing as part of this growth cycle um those dogs you know when the hair does fall out and it does fall out because it will eventually complete that cycle it does fall out of course it does but it's Mm. the density of the coat surrounding it that stops it falling to the ground so if the dog doesn't have that density of coat well then the the hair is going to come out you know and if it does stay in the the coat well then it mats so Mm. and that's going to mean a build-up of dander you know which is going to probably be more of a a thing so i think certainly there are people who find those dogs that don't moat as much um more comfortable to live with given you know their sensitivities or whatever Mm. so in that situation i'm sure they are but i don't think it's a it's something that we can say that a hairy animal is going to be um hyperallergenic no i don't think that's the thing that we can i think we have to be very very careful with that word yeah and the connotations of that word what people believe that to mean you Mm. know i I would have said so i think there still needs to be great care in terms of um you know if you if you're very sensitive to to animal hair i think uh, you know a dog isn't necessarily going to be a wonderful addition unless you can 
you know, put something medical in place or whatever. I did see a thing. There was a thing a couple of years ago where they had started, they had identified the proteins in cat dander that mm. caused cat uh, allergies, you know, mm. in people. And mm. there was a vaccination they were developing to give Jesus. to cats okay. so that they didn't produce this protein in the um, in the dander and it meant that well I thought it was this fantastic application because it was like mm. how many cats become unwanted or you know and so like from a yeah. welfare point of view this is something that could really turn some things around mm. um, you know so I just thought that was a kind of a, a cool thing and it meant that people who loved cats but would be suffering owning a cat or spending time with a cat would maybe be able to do that and I thought that was you know, that would be good for welfare for everybody yeah. um, and might result in, f- you know, few, you know, fewer or decreasing the number of cats that become unwanted as a result of that. Yeah. Uh, I've no idea where it went, but I just remember it as an item of interest because I was thinking, God, that's a it's a way of thinking about things. Right. It's a way of applying a solution to things, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if it could get some cats staying in some good homes and get some people who really like cats getting cats mm. I thought that might be a winner I have no it, idea uh, any more about that though I can't remember anything else. <laughs> I know I, I know I, I get it because uh, like obviously the the dog uh, problem is is huge and I think the cat one is massive as well mm, um, yeah and, and I the, think it's the cat one is worse isn't yeah. it because them licking themselves cleaning themselves and then yeah. that saliva drying and mm. I think that contributes to um, to allergies as well. I guess dogs do that a little bit, but possibly maybe not as much uh, as cats do. Mm. I need to learn more about cats because they're they often <laughs> live with dogs, and I really mm, don't know yeah. a lot about cats. At yeah, all. that's the but, only that's the only bit about thing that's about cats I know is <laughs> really, from that. Good. I thought you were going to be like, you should with... know more than no. <laughs> I thought you not all. I only know all I know about cats is only what I need to know about them living with dogs. With dogs, yeah. Well, I don't yeah, think I, I even yeah. know that much, but yeah. um, I would like cats more. Although my my dad, thanks to my dad, when I was a, a very young child, I had a terrifying experience oh, where no. our, our family friend's cat had a litter of kittens and we all uh-huh. went over of course you know come on over and see the babies and see them. Yeah. To add to the problem here um and um yeah my dad thought it would be a really funny thing um to throw one of the kittens oh my over God. to me to to catch yep yeah not a, so, not not good for anybody I no feel. no no so of course the poor thing was flying through the air towards <laughs> me Jesus. i i ca- caught it but I was young now. I don't know what age I was, but I was young, young. And um, the poor little kitten stuck his claws into into of my course. clothes and into my chest. Oh, he was and dying. I was like, oh, fucking hell, this thing is trying to kill me. Yes. And um, ever since then, it's so funny. I always joke about my Ned Flanders scream if uh, <laughs> if, if I'm, in, a, a if I'm in with a cat and the cat is running around, especially <laughs> kittens. I become so nervous. Oh, and wow, you, okay. you could, yeah, you could put me in a room with um, a lot of dogs, I would say, and I probably wouldn't, you know. Um, Ned Flanders be, scream. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but like when it comes to kittens in particular, yeah, um, especially ones uh-huh. that are just so like, I wouldn't say erratic, but you know what I mean? They move very um, 
Well, that's uh, what people who are afraid of dogs say about dogs, isn't it? That, isn't it? You know, they'll say that dogs are unpredictable. They'll say, you know, oh, all man. of these things. And we know. So yeah. it's, it's about that. So I think, yeah, I find, I think I learning more, more about cats, cats is actually the way to do it, isn't it? Oh, learning God. more about their behaviour and, and um, yeah. you know, about how, how they respond and, and to things in their world. And I'm not scared of them like when they're older. I actually, I love, <laughs> still. I, I really do love all animals. Like, and, yeah, and, um, and, and, um, I've had lovely memories as, as a child with like neighbors, cats and mm-hmm. older cats. And we've had, we had cats growing up, the cats that just kind of adopted us, if you like. Um, yeah. and they just kind of moved in. But, um, yeah, kittens in particular kind of fill me with the fear. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. And like, it's, it's, it's funny. I'm not making fear, fun of your fear, <laughs> but it's kittens are kind of, you know, of all of the cats. I, know. I suppose kittens are like yeah. the smallest, most adorable, yeah, know. you know, most innocuous of the cats. <laughs> And I always wind everyone up. I'm like, you know, if cats were much bigger than they are now, you know, they're like the perfect killing machines. They can oh climb. God. They've but, got claws. They've got an but insane there are cats, bite. Like tigers oh are really big, right? Yeah, but they're they're not. They're In not, Ireland, they're not mean? around. Like, yeah, one of, actually, one of my puppy raisers years ago had one of those ma- Maine Coon cats. Oh yeah, they're huge. Yeah, never forget size of proper when spaniels. When I walked yeah. into the room, I was like, stunning. Holy yeah, beautiful. Crap. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but I was thinking, Jesus, That's if a that thing decided to go. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 So I think definitely learning more about cat behavior would go there a long go. way. Because uh, it's quite interesting because the a lot of the language that you're using, we, we hear from people who don't maybe understand. Just don't put behave my vulnerable really well. self out there. Oh, there you go. look at that. Yeah. And there's you a know. solution. Go learn about cats, do cat courses. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm still trying to learn about dogs. God, don't talk to me, so am I. <laughs> yeah. uh, adding another species seems very daunting, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, it does. There's so much it, to learn just about this one. It does, to but add it's, it's, it is that thing. As I get older, I, I'm like, well, it keeps coming up for me, so I'm I I need to do something sure, about yeah. it because, uh, like, when you're especially when you're a parent, I'm very aware of passing on those right, kind of things yes. to to your child. And kind of vicarious that, learning, you being afraid oh, and the no, child being cats, afraid. To oh, good, loves, okay. He loves cats, and he's more. He's not that into dogs which is hilarious I get a lot of people say it's weird that you, your son isn't that and I was like yeah like he's just not like I suppose it's the way we kind of brought him yeah. up around Maggie's is kind of yeah, not to be yeah 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 like why, why are any of us time and so stuff, obsessed you know? with dogs where did that even yeah. come from I, I you know I don't know yeah, it really is. Yeah. But anyway, so there's no <laughs> there's no hypoallergenic dogs. Not really. And no. don't have me around kittens, please. D- and you. we won't have Graham around kittens. Yeah. That's totally fine. Perfect. Of all Next. of the animals, <laughs> that wasn't going to be the one I would have said. There you go. No yeah. kittens. Yeah. I'm a little bit uneasy around um, um, chickens as well. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. What did... What did a chicken do to you nothing, when you were a child? Nothing. Oh, well, okay. Actually, another... <laughs> it wasn't oh, a chicken, but it was uh, geese. When yeah, no, I, geese are scary. I will, geese I will chased me. Say, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. On a farm that was also, yes. and my dad was involved with that too. Yeah. Oh, and, my um, goodness. I was chased by a goat another time up onto a hay <laughs> stick. Yeah. I do wonder why I was attracted to working with animals, actually. Yeah. Why are, yeah. You, why are you loving animals at all? I love dogs <laughs> because they didn't do any of that mad stuff you with see, me, thankfully. There you go. Yeah, yeah maybe, there you go. You know, but... Um, Anyway, right. So no hypoallergenic dogs. Not really. No, not really. How about this one to finish on then for today? If a dog's nose is dry, are they sick? I think this myth comes from distemper. 
Yeah. Distemper is a, an old virus mm. um, that we would have, you know, seen in dogs a lot before yeah. we had a good vaccination program for it. And we hardly see distemper now anymore, thankfully, yeah. mm. because most bitches are vaccinated and then they pass on some level of immunity to their puppies. And then when their puppies get their first, you know, their their first vaccines as babies and um, mm. they that takes over then so distemper is a, a, a stunning virus that you know starts in the respiratory system and makes its way through the body you know and impacts the the skin it impacts so many of the body systems it impacts the skin causes this thickening of the skin mm. and that can cause the nose to be dry and thickened and of course what that can lead to then is is that the dog <clears throat> might show an appetence because they don't they can't smell their food and mm. and uh, the nose is dry and and that sort of stuff so it could possibly come from that but mm -hmm. i mean typically what you will see is is that dogs noses are typically kind of wet and mm. they're wet because through capillary action the you know the the oh, is it the philtrum is that what it's called the little kind of notch Chuck we have in our me. top lip <laughs> our top lip the philtrum i'm looking here at my dog here there's their yeah. filter there i I don't think that's the right word. See, this is the problem, Graham, with doing these things. I can't look up the words. And you <laughs> know so me and rem trying to remember go, words. Get mad at me now. Oh, don't ask me Me about trying to remember words when they're sitting in front of me. I have difficulty. So when I don't have them sit in front of me at all. But anyway, the little, the little, thanks, the little <laughs> notch they have in their top lip acts as yeah. kind of capillary action and it sucks moisture up from saliva from yeah. the mouth up to the nose keeps the nose wet and of course they lick their nose as well uh, with mm. their tongue and what that does is that allows olfactory chemicals so the, the kind of um, volatile chemicals in the air yeah. to move efficiently up into the nose where they reach sensors and mm. the, the brain can you know format for, formulate a kind of a an olfactory image or whatever is happening mm. in there or an impression an olfactory impression I suppose of the world around them so um that's what keeps their nose you know damp all the time but if you yeah. notice like my dog is asleep here behind beside me now and uh, his nose is dry to touch and that's because of course he's just sleeping he's not mm. actively doing anything there's obviously not a whole lot of saliva coming to the front of the mouth mm. um and uh, but as soon as he wakes up that nose will be wet almost instantaneously um that mm. that nose will be wet and it'll be going around again so i would say that if they're asleep otherwise healthy that's not a concern if mm. the dog isn't vaccinated for distemper i might be a little bit concerned there are some autoimmune disorders, uh, pemphigus and things like that. I think that that contribute to thickening the skin or changing the skin around the nose or can mm. contribute to that. And maybe dermatosis and various things like that could obviously do that as well, you know, because okay. um, it's skin. Mm. So, you know, or it's related to skin tissue. So it's going to be, you know, impacted by whatever things are, are impacting the skin or mm. can impact skin. Um, so it could be those. So if the dog is otherwise healthy and maybe they're just resting or they're in a warm room um, and th then, you know, it recovers and it comes back wet and shiny again. Well, you know, I wouldn't be too worried about that. Yeah. There. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you are. Yeah, that's mm. uh, that's actually such a common one as well. And I, I yeah, would get that yeah. from volunteers, actually, that have right. never had a dog before. And that's yes. that's where they've heard this. And they're like, oh, God, his nose looks very dry. Is <laughs> that, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah. well, the, how else is he doing? What else in? is going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So and like, look at the nose skin. Can you clearly see, you know, the pattern because they have this almost fingerprint like pattern hmm. to their nose, you know, it's, so it's not swollen or anything like that. The, hmm. no, the skin is kind of shiny. It, the, yeah. You know, there isn't discharge, you know, those sorts of things. So look for what are the signs of what does a healthy nose look like? And if it's a 
bit dry but all those other healthy nose signs are in place in the dogs otherwise well we're not going to be too worried because you'll find as soon as he wakes up or he's active again it'll be you know he'll it'll be normal again you know and we'll be, we won't be concerned about it at all excellent uh, there you go okay See, once again another enjoyable almost hour of um answering Awful silly questions from me. <laughs> and we even went paranormal on this episode How oh about that? my god i mean who knew uh cue the expo reputation music. to yes i have I a reputation it. to protect yeah <laughs> <laughs> you certainly do i do not but you no. do yeah so here you go <laughs> um oh, well thanks a million we still have not a few in our you. back pocket and um, we'd be delighted to know and i'm sure over christmas and the new year i'm going to be adding to oh, that you'll list gather more yes um <laughs> but we will be back um you've got some really cool um stuff um lined up for the new year yeah surprise so. <laughs> yeah, so uh, some things that people have, have asked for a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So apologies, we, we we would have liked to do it sooner, but mm-hmm. that's just life. I wasn't mm-hmm. well the last time we were supposed to record as well. And I actually had oh, yeah, that's no right. voice, I which would have probably yes. made for a better podcast. It was no, just you talking. No, but, um, no, no, no. Yeah, so that's why. So um, we're, we're, we're playing catch up. But yeah, some mm, cool stuff in the new right. year. But yes, um, forward to it. anything and everything out there, silly or not silly, send it in um, <laughs> whatever way you can to me or Anne. And we're happy to uh, to do our best at tackling it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. As always, Thanks you're a legend. All right. Talk to you Talk soon. To you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoy the show, remember to please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review and recommend it to your friends and family to help us reach and help more people and their dogs. Also, please give us a follow on Twitter at BarksidePod and also on Instagram at BarksidePod to help grow our online community. Look after yourselves and your doggies. Thanks again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you here again real, real soon.